HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. With more than 30 weekly podcasts, HRN has something for every food lover. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Hi, and welcome to A Taste of the Past. I'm your host, Linda Palaccio, on this journey through culinary history. And today we're going to be talking about restaurants and chefs. Not an unusual topic for this show, but restaurants come and go, and chefs continue to move on because it's their career, their art, and hopefully their passion. But what are the secrets that lead to success as a chef? Tools of the trade, so to say, or the tools of the craft, not a trade as much. They're often not taught in a classroom along with the important techniques and fundamentals. Aspiring young cooks can learn so much more by working with and listening to seasoned chefs. Sherry Bayer, a fellow podcaster here at HRN with her show All in the Industry, is a hospitality public relations specialist who used her vast connections to chefs around the world to learn what advice they would impart to their young protégés. The result is a groundbreaking book called ChefWise, which Sherry talks about with us today. Welcome, Sherry. Hi, Linda. I'm so honored to be here. What I wanted to um, mention about uh, about all in the industry and about you and your background is that you are have been in the public relations industry for restaurants for over 20 years with your own company called Bayer Public Relations. Uh, this you really have gotten kind of an inside view on on uh, what goes on with chefs and restaurants. And how did you come to to decide to approach chefs to you didn't you really didn't know a lot of these chefs necessarily in the book. Um, tell us a little bit about the book, the background, and how you decided to write this book or compile. Yeah, it. no, so thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so the book kind of, it came about, I guess, in a sense, backwards to maybe how most books come about. Um, the idea for ChefWise was actually my publisher's idea. They wanted to do a book on chef advice. Um, my publisher is Fiden. And 
I was talking to them. I knew an editor there and I was talking to them about ideas for books and the editor I was talking to kind of put two and two together, knowing that um, specifically Amelia Taragni, who's a the associate publisher of Fiden, she's based in London. It was her idea to do this book. And so she connected us and kind of knowing my background and my passion for the industry and my connections with chefs and my travels around the world and my podcast and PR and everything I've been doing all these years <laughs> that I could be that person to put this book together. And so that's how the, the conversation began and the book began. And immediately when I connected with Amelia, um, I got it. Like I got the concept. I was, I was all in to do it. Um, and from there I, outlined chapters and kind of work through it. Like what, what was this book going to look like? Um, but that's kind of how it came about. Huh. And then when you went to approach chefs for their advice, was that something you had intended to do to just contact them right away? Or, I mean, the book, the book, first of all, um, is it's, it's a lovely little book. I, I little, I was saying the format is small, but that's kind of nice. Cause it's a, like a guidebook. You can tuck it under your, your arm or, <laughs> Take it with yeah, you. I like the size of it. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's divided into categories. So, which came first, your uh, your solicitation for advice in general, or the categories? So, the process I d- was, or the first thing I did was, I had a long list of chefs um, that I put together, which I then use that as my guide in doing outreach. Before I did the outreach, I outlined chapters and I had, I put together about five questions per what each planned chapter or what I thought the chapters might look like. I mean, it changed a bit once responses came in and as the book formed, but I put together questions of different topics. And then I started outreach to chefs um, around the world. And I started with chefs I had relationships with. Uh, and also I, I committed to doing this book of over a hundred chefs around the world. And I didn't know what the response was going to be. So as soon as I started doing outreach and I was getting amazing responses and quick responses for chefs too, like time more timely than I, I expected on many, because I know they're busy, busy people. But, um, I started getting responses in and people saying, yes, I'm on board. And then I would send them uh, questions or sometimes we set up interviews uh, over Zoom or WhatsApp, um, but mostly it was by email and, and written word. But I would send them questions on specific topics and but leave it up to them as to what, how they want to answer it, what they wanted to answer, um, how much. Uh, you know, and they didn't necessarily have to, let's say, answer all five of my questions. They, uh-huh. Some of them answered two of them, wrote a hundred words, and some of them answered all of the questions in a thousand words. And some of them answered none of the questions and just sent me their opinion about about huh. being a chef. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, and, and it's interesting, and actually, it does that that does come across <laughs> as you as one starts to read a lot of the responses, and you could see who, you know, who. Yeah, had more of a, a commitment to getting their message across. <clears throat> also, um, many of the chefs show up several times in, in throughout the different categories. And I'm just going to go through a few of the categories so people can get a sense of what what we're talking about when we say 
um, how you categorize their advice. Um, philosophy, leadership, inspiration, sourcing, cooking, identity, business, team, technology, communications, activism, work-life balance. That was a big one. Fundamentals and future. Um, a lot of their answers overlap and are sort of could have been applied to, I feel, you know, one of several of these categories. Um, and because it's all, you know, it's all that life lesson advice. Yeah. Um, uh, what ties together? Yeah. Yeah. So I was still wondering, did you have a hard time categorizing those? So, I mean, as, as I, when I, when I, when I sent um, questions or had ideas for which chapters chefs would be in, some of them, um, I think when I first started, I was giving everyone the philosophy questions and I was finally like, okay, we need to, we need to fill other chapters here. Um, So I I was mixing up, um, you know, different, different chapters with, you know, a few questions here and there. And so responses when they came in, I mean, it was like a puzzle putting the book together um, because I had uh, different chefs with, with different, um, different amounts of contribution. And there was overlap in some responses between, you know, maybe they're, they're talking about leadership, but then they mention their team um, as a part of that. And so mm-hmm. it was a little tricky in putting it together, but I, and I, I don't think every, I do think, as we said, there is a little, it's not like every chapter has only that on that subject, but I did try to put it together. So it, it's the, the, the chapter themes are those responses on, uh, you know, centered on those topics. And I mean, some chapters turn to be bigger chapters than I thought when I was working on it, like sourcing turned out to be a bigger chapter. A lot of people had a lot to say about it, uh-huh. you know, about, about, about being local, sustainable, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, uh, seasonality and just their whole method of, of how they source ingredients. And I was, you know, so some things caught me a little by surprised in the sense that I didn't expect they'd have so much to say maybe about that. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, you know, certain, I can see certain themes, uh, the overlap in themes of their messages. What Before I get into that, yeah. but I yeah. want to ask you what, uh, you know, you say the publisher had this in mind. They wanted a, an advice book from chefs. Well, that that's kind of generic. You know, that's that's easy to say and big to be out there. But you had to go and then figure out what it was going to be. What was your goal in setting out to ask these chefs for, okay, what advice would you give to someone who wants to be an actress? I mean, you know, it's a, yeah. it's, it's well, a, that's a tough one. Yeah. And, and my publisher, Fiden, has done these books before. They've done Where Chefs Eat, um, which is, the, you know, they've done these collaborative books before with chefs. So their, you know, their style, this was something a little familiar with them with like, a, you know, for me, new book, first time working on a book. Um, so it was all new. The whole process even of putting a book together was new. But I mean, I approached it that leading chefs around the world and we didn't have the title at the time, you know, until later in the game, but it was like chef's advice, chef advice. Like I'm working on a chef advice book. And um, my goal was to have diversity and people all around the world, uh, 
that rep, you know, that we're doing good things in, in the kitchen and beyond and represented, you know, represented the restaurant industry and not just, not just all Michelin star chefs or tasting menu restaurants, you know, having some fast casual, uh, chefs, um, in, in the book and sprinkled in some pastry chefs in the book and just tried to have a diverse list and get different voices. And I was just thinking about this, like none of the chefs up until now having the book in their hand, none of the chefs knew what other chefs were going to say in the book. Like I didn't, I, I didn't approach them and say, Oh, and John George said this about, you know, technology. What do you think? I just, Get, ask them their opinion. So it was very interesting then getting the responses in and feeling and seeing how there was this um, consistency and commonality between a chef who's in Copenhagen and a chef who's in Singapore. And even though they they talk about the same subject, then they say it in their their own words. So there is re- repetitive or you know concepts in the book that I think um, repeat but it's in their own voice. And mm-hmm. I think it's also comforting or, uh, or cool. I find it that they're, they do, they, they're kind of all on the same page. That's, uh, that's exactly what, what my thought was when in reading them that, that particularly the international part of it. I mean, someone from, you know, Scandinavia to Mexico to, you know, the, the, the Northwest of America, the, the same, uh, basic themes came up in their in their responses, as you said, and that was something that I I wondered if you noticed or if you what one underlying theme or type of advice did you get coming out of the chefs? I mean, you know, yes, buy good knives. No, I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, there's very there's a cooking chapter and there's a bit on some tools, but there's no recipes in the book. It's not a, it's not a cookbook. So it is more business sense, um, philosophy type, you know, advice. And, um, there were, there were a lot of, um, uh, I don't know, commonality or, or things that I found between the chefs, between, between how hard it is, uh, you know, a lot of them, you know, and how you have to do it, you have to get in it because you're passionate about it and you don't do it to become famous, you do it because you love it. And it's hard. Chefs were really humble and talking about their experiences and failures or things that have gone wrong and, and how they got through it. Um, between mentor mentee relationship, the importance of that between, um, uh, just understanding business. I mean, I talked to ask chefs about the importance of PNL and that, you know, and, 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 there was a common response or a consistency of, yes, you restaurants are businesses. Like there's the creative end of it, but you definitely need to understand um, the numbers or at least have someone on your team bring someone in that can help you with that, a partner. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Right. I think that's something that has changed, you know, years ago and not that many years ago, really. We're talking maybe 20 years ago. You know, I'm thinking back to the, like the old school French fashion. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was no such thing as the chef being talked to. You don't talk to the chef. It's the 
owner of the restaurant, the restaurateur, the proprietor. That was the all-important person of the restaurant. People knew him and they were greeted by him, mostly him, so I'm saying, but there were some, there were some hers. Um, and the chef was kind of glued to the stove and didn't come out from behind the stove. It's a whole new world now. And it is. It I, is. I'm wondering, you know, they have, as you just said, um, they said, hey, you got to pay attention to your profit and loss. You, you have to pay attention to to the business end of it. This is a business. And I think that puts um, a lot more stress on a chef's uh, time commitment, creativity. Um, and yet that's that's something that they did say, look, don't forget, it's a business, right? Yeah. And I wrote in my in my intro to the book, I, I touched on all the things that chefs are, in a sense, required to do or be at this point. You know, mm-hmm. they're culinary rock stars. And they're expected to do to do media or to do charity events and to do, you know, a lot more than than cooking. And there's a lot of pressure there. Um, and and and, you know, as you said, too, like it used to be that the restaurant focus was on the owner and less about the chef. And now it's really all about the chef. And most, a lot of the chefs in the book, uh, they're owners, you know, they are, there are, they are entrepreneurs, um, which is why they also have a lot of things to say about business savvy and what it takes to, to make it. Yeah. I think that that is the, um, and that was the point I was trying to get to and I didn't, (laughs) there are more chef owner restaurants today than ever before. That that, yeah. that that really is what turns the corner for them, and and yes, as you mentioned, the the new chef celebrity status, you know, that never was before. Now, you know, you go to a particular restaurant because you know who's cooking there, because it is a you know somebody who's famous, and yeah, and that takes time away. All of that takes time away from the restaurant, from the prep, from the kitchen, and that's you know that's another layer of stress that that you know is is there um i'm we're going to take a short break and are there a couple of things in particular and a couple of responses and things that i would like to to go over with you and talk about so hang in there we'll be right back this episode is brought to you by roberta's home of heritage radio network for 10 years Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. And of course, there's the two Michelin-starred Blanca tucked away in the garden for truly daring diners. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. 
Hi, we're back, and I'm speaking with Sherry Bayer, the author of the brand new book. In fact, yesterday was the, the publisher's release day. It's called Chef Wise. It's advice and life lessons from chefs around the world. Uh, you know, Sherry, we were talking um, about themes or things that, that these chefs, the advice that they um, came up with and are giving. And I did happen to notice that that everyone, I think, I think just about, except for maybe one I can think of, uh, talks about, and you mentioned this too, that it takes time. Don't expect this to happen overnight and don't go into it for fame and fortune, but it takes time. And hopefully, as I said in the intro, that they have a passion. They wouldn't stick with it if they didn't have a passion, but that to, you know, to have that devotion and that passion. And, and that plays right into the next thing that I wanted to bring up. And that was so many responses were, it was almost textbook in, in their responses, how similar they were. And that's all about teamwork. You yes. have something to say about that? Yeah. Well, I think even from, from working with, with chefs and PR all these years mm-hmm. and knowing like uh, it's, it's the chefs, I mean, they, it's about the team. Like you can't run, you can't, uh, it's the, I think maybe consumers sometimes forget that in a sense that, cause they see the star chef, um, but the chefs know that in order to do everything they need to do, um, to run their business, to, to do all the publicity and everything, they can't be the one in the kitchen all the time cooking the carrots and, um, and greeting the guests. So, um, it is about team. And I think they, the, the, these, these leading chefs know that, that they need, they need a strong team to do everything they do. So that was definitely a common theme, um, throughout the book. Right. Uh, and it's interesting because it's, um, I found a couple of responses in the, in the category under cooking. So, you know, everything, is there and, and teamwork, how, you know, that's really where it's so important is under the cooking section. Um, everyone from David Kinch to Mato Casanias, uh, David says, uh, David Kinch says the biggest lesson that he learned himself from working on the line is that in the line, you're part of a team and, you know, it's not going to come out if you're not, if the team is not functioning together. And um, Mateo um, said, first of all, young chefs need to learn that they're part of a collective work or a team, and that it's essential for the team that this consciousness is reflected in each and every one of their movements in the kitchen. Uh, I mean, that just, that sort of speaks it all. And it's interesting now there's been a rash of restaurant movies, um, mm-hmm. lately, you know, like the yeah. bear and, and the restaurant and this, I, you know, just draws up this image of, you know, if one thing goes off and knowing this from knowing restaurant kitchens very intimately, um, you know, they're, they're everything from accidents to burn dishes or, you know, <laughs> wrong things coming out of it. But although it's more about the, the feelings, it's all about, I really like that life, life lessons um, analogy. I mean, it's, you know, you got to be a team, and you have to respect your workers. Um, do you, did you get much on on the respecting one another out of this? 
Oh, 100%. And there's also in leadership talking about, you know, mm-hmm. mentor-mentee relationship. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it's, it, it is, and even in, I'm thinking of the work-life balance chapter, I talked to Naomi uh, Pomeroy, who uh, is in Portland, Oregon. And, you know, she was, she's been, she's award-winning chef, been around for a while, um, doing wonderful, wonderful work. Um, and, she knows, but she's talking about the difference between like what it was like 10, 15, 20 years ago with work-life balance or, or how you took care of your team or actually how you didn't take care of your team in a sense, um, giving them time off or just understanding like the hours, um, like and how the change that's happened with 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 um, a more healthful lifestyle uh, across the board is something that definitely came up Um in that chapter, but I think it ties into the the team. Like you, you have to take care of your team before you can take care of your guests and everyone, everyone else. And that's that that definitely I think is um, uh, something I saw many chefs um, responding to or saying in their own words. Yeah, and I, th- I think people have um, often get the impression that you know it's it. There's a lot of uh, yelling and screaming, and there is often, but <laughs> because the kitchen's a loud place, so you have to talk over all the noise in the kitchen. But also, yes, things are on, you know, it's a, it's a time crunch and, and things have to get done. But, yeah, but by and large, everyone is so sensitive in their answers in this book. Uh, yes. You know, I, I think people really shared responses from the heart and told mm-hmm. it how it is. Mm-hmm. And that it's not easy, and it's um, but you do it for the love of it, and and um, I mean, this whole project was just working on it was just a dream project for me because I love the industry, and I travel to go to restaurants and meet chefs. Actually, a lot of the chefs, I I mean, most. I was looking at the list of just seeing like at least half of the chefs in the book. I actually do have a relationship with or have been to their restaurant um, because I've that's that's why I was, I think, able to to do all this outreach for the book because I had these relationships. But it's like my whole life revolves around chefs and restaurants. I love it. And so hearing, you know, hearing from them and getting their their, you know, their real like their heart and soul, I think they put into their responses, which was a gift for me to and have their trust to put it in in this book. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there any anything in particular that you one thing in particular that you learned from from this? It could be the experience of of putting the book together, but um, in the or maybe in the advice that they were giving to young aspiring chefs, anything that stood out to you that sort of like a, a ha, aha moment or a, a new life lesson moment? I think it's hard for me to pinpoint because even now, like when I pick up the book myself and I look through and for quotes, um, there's just a, there's a lot of wisdom in, in this book. And and I find it just really aspi- inspiring for myself being someone who's, you, you know, worked, uh, I've been I mean, we're talking about team, but I've worked most things, you know, as a, a solopreneur, um, doing things on my own and, and being a part of a collaborative book was very cool for me. But like seeing, 
seeing their passion and why they do things and that like you don't give up and you just keep going. And even though it's hard, um, uh, you know, you do it for the love. And I feel, I feel a connection to that myself, even though mm-hmm. I'm not a chef, but mm-hmm. it's like, I do this. Why do I do my podcast? Why did I do this book? I just, I, I don't know. I love the industry and I, I want to hear people's stories and I want to, I just, I, I'm passionate that way. So um, it just resonated with me. And it was funny. I was, th- I was looking at um, the communications chapter, which uh, I, I, you know, put that title on it. Cause like, how do we sum up it's PR marketing, social media, but um, there was, a, there was some, there was some tips in there. Like I know Manit Chahan, um, who's, who's, I'm a friend, friendly with her now and she's wonderful and she's a TV personality and has restaurants, but I asked her about PR and she's like, yes, it's absolutely crucial. <laughs> I was like, yes, let's get some people backing, backing my industry. <laughs> hey, look, you know, it's, it, and everyone knows it. And yeah, you, you did a, you did a great job in, in, uh, in, I think, you know, well, obviously keeping your, you know, your focus and your voice out of it in a way that let them come forward. Um, I, I liked also that there was, um, I don't know what chapter it was in, maybe it was cooking, but, and it was a Mexico chef from Mexico and he spoke about, uh, he or she, I'm not sure. Um, something, another side of things that we haven't touched on that's respect for the food and that, treating the food, you know, with carefully and with, oh, that and how cleanliness was so important. Everyone mentioned, you know, how, you know, an organized workstation and cleanliness and how important that was. Um, And he said, you know, this is food and this is ultimately whatever you do with it, it it eventually is going to be something that someone puts in their mouth. And boy, that struck me like, okay, we're talking, you know, here in philosophical terms, but he got right down to it. And, and then, and really the respect for, and he said, you know, once were things that were once living, you know, breathing animals and, and the plants and just, you know, treating the food with, with great respect. And I, I think that seems to me more important lately than ever. I don't know. Yeah. 100%. I was just, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I was trying to think if I knew which person you were chef you're referring to, but I just, I do know, well, in the philosophy chapter, um, Elena Regatis, who's um, in Mexico City and her restaurant's Rosetta. I have been there before yes. and it's wonderful. And she wrote how um, her, her cooking philosophy is centered on two principles, uh, respect for ingredients and second, a commitment to healthy and sustainable eating. And yeah. then goes on to talk about it. And this was in the philosophy chapter. So as we said, there is overlap between chapters, but that exact point, like it's about, you know, ingredients and you're feeding people ultimately. Right. (laughs) Um, But there's so much, I think it's like this book will be like chefs. I don't know. I think it's going to open people's eyes to the fact how much chefs, you know, they're more, there's more, they're more than cooks. You know, they do, they're deep thinkers and they, they, these leaders in the industry, I think they've gotten to where they are because they, they have given a lot of thought as to what does it take to, to excel in this industry, which is so hard, as we said. Yeah, besides 
a lot of time, focus, and hard work and long hours. Yes. And yeah, yes. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot that they <clears throat> that they've thought about, obviously, and I think I think that's maybe why they were excited to participate in this um, in this book is that it it made them think made them stop and think about what they were doing. You were talking about t- um, technology earlier and how there was, yeah, there was a lot in technology, but it got back down to, you know, the the human side of things. And Yeah, uh, that was, I feel that chefs touched on, like, in the, in the technology chapter, talking about, like, it's a necessity and we need it. And it's, um, you know, it's it's helped with many of their businesses and, you know, getting up to date with, you know, the modern times, but that it, it always still goes back to human touch and like, you can't replace people. Um, So kind of like a love hate relationship with technology. Right. Right. And and that's, I think that's very interesting. Also, there was one, um, uh, activism was an interesting chapter too. And sustainability you mentioned and, you know, and people giving back and being, you know, yeah. And there was, there were certain chefs that I was like, I mean, when Alice Waters, Massimo Bottura, like that I was, I knew I wanted to talk to them about activism because sure. they've done so much good work and that's their, you know, they have a focus on that and an honor to have these chefs in, in this book and talking to me. And, and actually, as I, I, I mentioned, most of the chefs I was written responses, but I did do these these like zoom interviews with some of the chefs. And that was, that was really special for me to have like an hour conversation with Helene DeRose, who's in London and like someone I did not know, but get to talk to her and hear how she, you know, goes, you know, is all about local and sustainability and um, seasonality, sustainability, and like going to the farmer's market and how committed she is to her certain uh, people she's been working with all these years. And, um, so that was a real treat for me too, having the the conversations with the chefs. Yeah, how many chefs all total did you uh, did you? So the book is one hundred and seventeen. One hundred and seven. Wow. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Well, um, I will admit, but- I have not read. I haven't read it word for word from beginning to end. No, it's a fun. As I said, it's a fun thing to keep going back, to, especially people that you know that I would know that I know that I read, but just the just the little gems and morsels of of advice that you know you pick up that have nothing to do with maybe restaurants or, you know or being a chef they apply to you know to life in general and that's it, yeah I, I think that's one thing this book is a sh- I mean anyone interested in learning you know an aspiring chef like learning what it takes to be a chef will get something out of this book but I think other it's it's a it's a it's a business sense book too, a life lesson book. Um, right. Kind of like my PR tips on my show. Like I've kind of gone in that direction. They're not just straight PR. <laughs> they can help you in other 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 ways. Yeah, I just happened to to glance uh, Judy Jew's um, advice from Soulbird in London, and yes. she said, "Learn the economics of running a restaurant." pay attention to math class. <laughs> it's a business at the end of the day and you have to make a profit to stay open. And Oh, so, so true. So true. And right after that, it's a long road to success. And the longer you stay in the game, the higher the probability of success, you know, it's, it's patience came up over and over again, because I think so many people see these, 
celebrity chefs on, you know, whether we've done a disservice to the industry or not by, you know, creating, I used to say back in the, the early days of the food network, I'd say, did we create little monsters everywhere in the, you know, in the restaurants, but um, they, I think a lot of young people are probably a little impatient. They want to, they're going to learn to cook and go to a restaurant and then immediately become a star, you know, well, become famous. And- yeah. Well, Tom Colicchio is in the book and, mm-hmm. you know, people know him from Top Chef and he, he, he writes, he talks a lot about that being like, slow down and <laughs> like one step at a time, you know, because um, he sees it, he sees it, you know, with, the show and people, young people coming on and being like, I'm going to open a restaurant tomorrow. So that's right. That's right. And I mean, and that's kind of what he, you know, what he embraces them to, you know, to continue to do that. But he also knows the caveats in, in that. And that's, that's so important to hear from somebody like that, that everyone knows. Right. And I really like, um, I think the piece of advice that, I, I would like to close with, and you may have some that you would like to close with, and that's be yourself and be patient. Anyone can cook, but not everyone can be a chef. And I think that kind of t- you know brings everything all together because it's so much more than just cooking. You have to have all these other pieces that we've just been talking about, and that you you know that you have included in this book um, from all the different voices. Wow. Overwhelming. Well, I don't mean to overwhelm you, but uh, (laughs) the thing with the book though, is you can, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of these books. You could just pick it up and flip to any chapter or if you just read a couple, a couple passages from the chefs and, and then put it down and just absorb that. And I totally, you know, don't pay attention to, or, or have to look and say, well, what, what category am I reading right now? I don't, you know, I just, I don't even look at that because it's, as I said, it kind of overlaps all the different categories. They're just good pieces of advice, period. Yeah, thank you. And I think I agree. And I think also you can go to the index in the back and look up a chef if Mm -hmm. you just want to hear what that one chef has to say, Mm -hmm. or or you just want to hear about, you know, from the chefs who are in Dubai or (laughs) specific region. And Um, it's amazing how they they just, the message is is loud and clear, you know, and they they really are um, very sensitive and thoughtful about about what they're doing, about their, you know, their craft. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll just, if I, there is, I mean, if I was going to pick, I mean, it's, I don't, I don't know. I, I love, I love the content of this book. I'm biased. I know. <laughs> but um, Dominique Cran, I'll, I can my close with hers is um, from Atelier Cran. And um, she is a, we have pull quotes throughout the book, you know, from different chefs and right. hers is how can you be happy at work if you're not happy in life? Uh, and yes. And if you follow her on Instagram and you see she is figured, it looks like she's figured out, you know, this balance and like how, like she looks like she's having a lot of fun and having a happy life. And then she balances it with like her work. And mm-hmm. um, I think it's, in, you know, it's inspiring. Yep. Well, and it's not a book just for chefs, I must say. It's, these are lessons and um, advice in life lessons to be applied to you know, to many phases of, of, of work and, and living. And I, it's just, it's just so interesting to hear what, 
what comes up and what people are thinking of. Uh, I applaud you. This has been a, a long, a long journey for you, I know, and a lot of work. And um, I wish you all kinds of success with it. And I know you'll get it. Thank and- you so much. It's such an honor to be on your show. You're so wonderful, longstanding Heritage Radio Network okay. show. Yeah. Um and a friend and just a wonderful, wonderful Well, I person. hope people will also, re, you know, respond to this book and say, oh, I think if they haven't tuned in already, I think I'll tune in to Sherry's show, which is all in the industry here on Heritage Radio Network. Okay, Sherry, we will talk more uh, off the air. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. I always look um, forward to that. All right. And thanks for joining me. This has been another Taste of the Past. A Taste of the Past is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe 